Hi there, this is Bren White, and this is a Disciple Class, Lesson 6, and uh, we are on page 25 in the Disciple Booklet, if you want to uh, go along. Um, if you would, um, turn also to um, John chapter 1, as we start our discussion today, about making disciples like Jesus. This is a very momentous passage that I'm going to be reading to you from John 1, verse 29 through 51. And this begins to help us understand the context of all of what we're going to be talking about uh, today. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, The one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there's the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? he asked them. They replied, Rabbi, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of uh, these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, 
I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus asked him, Do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You'll see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth, you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. As I said, this is a momentous passage. And um, I want you to, um, to, to kind of hang on to that. There are many uh, amazing teachings there. Uh, just noting very quickly, starting with um, uh, John the Baptist making sure that, that everyone knew that he had been told that the Messiah would be the one uh, on whom the, the dove, the Holy Spirit of God, would descend at the time of baptism. And in Matthew 3, that's exactly what happened when Jesus made John the Baptist baptize him in the Jordan to fulfill all righteousness. This was the coming of the Messiah, and it was at that moment when Jesus came out of the water that the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, just as John the Baptist was told, and God claimed Jesus to be his beloved son. This was the beginning of everything. And uh, so all of these things uh, click together in a perfect way. And um, you'll notice that it has everything to do with the identity of Jesus Christ being verified uh, in all of this and then being confirmed uh, one person to another in the context of their relationship. So all of these people were related. They had close relationship. It was friends. It was co-workers. It was family. Just like today. Today, who is it that actually comes to follow Jesus Christ? It's people who work together, people who are family, uh, friends, um, and they come in, in, a, in the same way. Uh, somebody realizes that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world and his identity, and they tell somebody else. They go to somebody else they know that they're close to. And this other person can, can know Jesus and can know who he is and have that confirmed in their relationship and, and really historically in every way. Um, this is a momentous thing. We need to really hold on to this as we look at um, how Jesus made disciples, how he, he preached the kingdom of God, how he launched the kingdom. Uh, it all started with his making disciples, his commanding these folks to follow him and learn from him, uh, spending time with him and his teaching them every day. Um, so we, we see a whole set of things just in this very first chapter of John uh, about the launching of the kingdom and who Jesus is. 
Now, there's some other things related to this that we find similar things in Matthew's account. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18 through 22, uh, we read this. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they uh, fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called to them to come, too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father. And it says Jesus went off, uh, began to travel, talking about the kingdom, um, preaching about the kingdom. Now, um, this all shows us the beginning of everything that Jesus did, everything that Jesus built. Um, he did it in relationship, uh, in the context of relationship. And that's what discipleship is about. It's all done uh, in a personal way where Jesus calls us to follow him and learn from him. That's what a follower is. A disciple is a matetes, somebody who is learning from the master in a disciplined way, math, mathetes. And um, that's what it means to follow Jesus. But it's a personal thing in this relationship. Um, they're being introduced to him in a personal way from their closest friends and family. And, um, and, and everything is, is done in this fashion. And I, I, I'm pointing this out because today, sometimes people want to change the way the kingdom is expanded. Uh, and there's a big problem with that because the, the, the kingdom began this way and the kingdom expands today in the same way. He meant for it to be built this way and to expand this way. So Jesus models it, shows it to us, uh, for us to reference, and then he commands us to do it before he ascends into heaven to have all authority in heaven and earth. And that's uh, Matthew, Matthew 28, of course. Um, and uh, so here, here let's just, uh, we looked at, at Matthew, let's just look quickly at Luke 5.27. Uh, Luke 5.27 um, and uh, this is a little different situation, but it's the same uh, calling of, of followers. And um, Luke 5, 27 through 32 says, Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and their teachers of the religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples, Why do you eat and drink with such scum? 
Jesus answered them, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Um, So these are all wonderful examples of how Jesus uh, started the kingdom. And uh, these first followers spent time with him. They left everything and they followed him. They learned from him every day, every day. And that's what you and I are supposed to do. A disciple is learning actively, not passively, not just on Sundays and Wednesdays. A disciple is someone who learns in a disciplined fashion. And according to the model of Scripture, every day with Jesus. And Jesus then, as we see in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 20 uh, through 20, we see that he is telling his followers to, to go and make disciples. That as they're going about their business every day and wherever they go, to make disciples, to make other followers to him. And uh, this is the way the kingdom expands. So he was ascending into heaven. This is the command of Jesus to all of his followers. And this is how, in the first century, the church expanded all over the world, the way that Paul talks about and uh, we see it uh, all through Acts in particular. Uh, Acts chapter 4, uh, 13 through 22. Acts 5, 12 through 16. Uh, also in Acts 8, 1 through 4. We see specific examples of how the church grew in the first century. And uh, it is supposed to grow in the same way today according to the authority and the teaching of Jesus Christ. Go make disciples and teach them, baptizing them, teaching them everything I have told you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Um, This is the command of Jesus Christ. This is the way it must be done. He is the Savior. He is the Lord. So we go by what he says, nothing else. And, uh, and so we have to recalibrate ourselves uh, to begin to understand that from even these passages, just so far that I've mentioned, that we are supposed to, in the context of all of our relationships, everybody we know at work, everybody we know professionally, everybody in our neighborhood, every family member and relative, Uh, Every person we bump into during the day, uh, we need to share something about the Christ, about who Jesus is, so that they can hear it, they can see us living like Jesus, having the attitude and the disposition and the perspective and the character of Jesus every day so that they can be convinced also of who he is. And you and I then will 
definitely be helping to expand the kingdom. Now, the way the Apostle Paul talked about this in particular, he talked about it in terms of watering, planting, and watering. Now, Jesus talked a lot about planting seeds in the different soils. Uh, and so, so Paul is following this up, and uh, he is making sure that we realize that this is the way that God's work uh, goes. This is the way it happens. And uh, so in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, if you'll look there also at the bottom of page 25, uh, verse 5 through 9, um, it says, After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. The good news came through somebody. It came to you through somebody. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it. But it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting, who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are God's co-workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. God is building up this living temple out of all of the followers of Jesus Christ. All of this is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, Paul says in this same passage. And, uh, and it is a building project for sure. Um, but it, what ends up happening is it's a spiritual building project. It doesn't have to do with physical buildings. It's the building of the spiritual temple of God's people. Uh, uh, really uh, planting and watering to the uh, the spiritual uh, temple of God, the, the heart uh, where, where God resides now. Christ lives in us. Uh, and this is also in this same uh, passage. So um, all of this is a uh, the spiritual work that you and I have been called to help with. We, this is what part of what we learn as followers of Jesus, is to make disciples in the way that he did. And um, so we have, we have uh, a lot to do, a lot to learn. Uh, we need to get better and better at this. Uh, we can see how God is, is working, and we need to become more aware of that, how he's changing us as we apply his truth to our daily living. Uh, as, as the seed is watered, as God grows the truth in us, that's what he's talking about. Uh, as we follow Jesus closely every day and fix our eyes on him, stay right with him as he leads us through every day. And then as we do that, of course, we're going to be growing up into Jesus. We follow Jesus to become sons of God. We follow his example in every way, to become sons of God. Now, Paul talked about this in Galatians as well, but the church really exists to help each of us become more like Jesus. And this is talked about in Luke 6, verse 27 through 49, and Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. 
Now, if you would, just turn to Ephesians, and we'll kind of finish out here. You can read all of these passages uh, over and over, if you like, uh, to really absorb this. But Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16, uh, and, and really, um, uh, there's, there's even more in this chapter about how the church is, is built. Um, but in 4 and uh, 17 says, With the Lord's authority, I say this, uh, live no longer um, as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life uh, God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of purity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy." Uh, this is so crucial. Now, this is coming out, as I said, of some other things that Paul's talking about in this same chapter, uh, in this wonderful letter. And you'll notice that uh, in verse 15, uh, you know, he's trying to steer them and help them know, you know, hang on to the truth that Christ uh, is teaching you. And he said, uh, we, we need to speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That is what the church is about, as explained by uh, the apostles. And um, so you and I need to take all of this to heart. We need to put this into practice. Um, and um, if you would, just take a moment with me and uh, we'll, we'll pray to end out this session. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your holy word. Father, for all that you have done for us in Jesus the Christ. Father, help us to follow him closely every day, listening to him, learning from him in a most personal way. Help us to apply the things in this new life, this life that is Christ now. As we are new creations, as your spirit dominates who we are and shapes us and shapes our living, our behavior, our actions, our attitudes. Father, help us to be faithful. Help us to surrender all of who we are to you for your eternal purpose. Help us to do exactly what Jesus and the apostles have laid out for us to do in order for you to be glorified and your kingdom to expand. And I pray this in the name of Jesus the Christ our Lord. Amen.